Welcome back to the Connect Together podcast by the Industrial Solutions Network, which is the industrial locations of CED. Uh, this is a podcast we do every so often where um, I bring on experts about things to inform all of you. Um, and they basically try to teach me stuff, and I'm a person that doesn't know much about it. So um, has gone very well so far. Um, if you aren't aware, the Industrial Solutions Network consists of a bunch of different locations out there, um, if you're listening. Uh, in the Northwest, it's the CES locations. In the SoCal area, it's the Royal Industrial Solutions. Uh, we'll have uh, CED locations in Nebraska and Kentucky, Keithley Patterson locations, Arkansas, Renson House in Kansas City, Baldwin Hall, New York, Tri-State Supply, and Mosbah up in the Pittsburgh area. And I probably missed some, but that's okay. It's all those locations really focused on the industrial market. And what we try to do is uh, figure out a topic that we can talk about um, that's somewhat relevant. And we have a topic today that's, I think, very relevant. Not only do we have a ton of food and bev food and bev customers out there, especially in the Midwest and all around. I mean, shoot, in Idaho, it's all about potatoes. Um, during this pandemic, um, I think there's a big concern uh, from consumers purchasing and eating the food from our manufacturing partners. Um, what is going on with food safety and what are their concerns? And luckily, we found some experts with Rital enclosures that actually did some research and did just that and try to figure out what are some concerns that can really help uh, these manufacturers out there, this food and bev industry on what they should be concerned about. Before we get into it, let me introduce these experts. Um, the first one is John Carnival. How are you doing? Hi, Justin. Thanks for having me on today. Of course. So John is with Rital Enclosures. He is the food and bev master, the food and bev. <laughs> he knows everything about food and bev and hygienics with Rital. Is that correct? Is that your actual title? Well, I'm the vertical market manager for food and bev. And, uh, you know, I focus on enclosures and machine building and control panel building. So that's a tall order to say, you know, everything about food and bev, but I'll do the best I can to answer your questions. Great. I like my title better, but that's that's great, John. Uh, <laughs> and also we have on Emily Petropolis, um, and she is with um, the marketing side of Rital. So me and you get along very well, Emily. Uh, but I think Emily knows a little bit more than me. And she was the one uh, leading the survey and the research uh, that Rital did. Um, Emily, how are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing fantastic. I mean, as good as we can do in these weird and uncertain times and uh, mm -hmm. where things have all changed and concerns have changed and manufacturing has <laughs> changed and what we do as, you know, you as Rital and us as distributors can do. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. and uh, that's one of the reasons we brought you guys on today. And uh, thank you so much for agreeing to be on with us. But you guys did uh, some research based on that specific piece of, you know, I'm sure food and bev uh, manufacturers out there are trying to figure out, you know, what to do. Um, I'm sure they're hearing uh, people coming at them on, you know, we got to do this, you got to do that. Like, uh, you know, what, are, what, what should we be doing as a manufacturing? What are, what are their customers and distributors asking for? 
And you guys did that, right? We did. We did. You know, and I, I think right now, like you said, you know, it's kind of, it definitely was a state of panic for a while. I think maybe that's kind of died down a little bit, but you know, these, these manufacturers might not know like these next steps and what to do and how to handle this, this panic that people have. So, you know, a couple months ago, we put out a survey to a group of U.S. food customers uh, to understand how their attitude toward food and beverage manufacturers might have changed since the outbreak um, and that related media coverage in regards to the pandemic. Um, you know, the goal was to gain further insight to help these companies understand um, the concerns of their consumers so they could take a strategic action toward you know, this time to restore public confidence and, and build more trust as we move forward. Um, you know, but, but I can go into further details about, you know, how these manufacturers can, can communicate later on in our discussion. Yeah. As, as me being a consumer of food, like most people out there. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, safety is a big concern and food safety has always been a big concern, uh, with, uh, manufacturers, but yeah, during this pandemic, I'd love to hear, uh, what sort of trends uh, and, and responses you guys uh, found out from the survey? Yeah, definitely. It was interesting. <laughs> so, you know, that being said, one of, uh, one of the questions you know, that we asked in our survey was, you know, how confident are you that the majority of food found in your local grocery store is processed in a hygienic plant? Um, and most people responded back that they were only somewhat confident and then a fairly large percent claimed that they weren't very confident at all. Um, so for me, to be honest, prior to the current pandemic, food safety really wasn't a top priority on my radar. Uh, but once this hit a few months ago, I've definitely started thinking differently about how my consumable goods are handled, definitely from a hygienic perspective. And thinking more about, like, where is this coming from? <laughs> how are they handling this? So. Yeah, why why does that matter? Uh, for me, I just assume that every manufacturing, you know, food and beverage plant is hygienic. Um, is is that the case? Are they all hygienic? And just people that these manufacturers are selling their their food and beverage to, they just don't. They're just not aware of that. Or what do you think um, uh, that that comes from? Yeah, you know, I think that. Definitely, they're supposed to all be hygienic. I mean, it's got to be clean. If you're if you're dealing with food and beverage, anything you know that's going to be consumed, it's got to be it's got to be super clean. So, again, going back to what I said before, I don't think that this necessarily was something that people had at the top of their mind. But you know, bringing light to to so much that's been going on, I think it's definitely moved to the front of everyone's mind now because you know everything has to be super clean like look at all these all these other protocols that are going on everywhere restaurants bars you know everywhere in the country it's different you know what's open what's not i mean here in chicago we just entered into phase four so that means you know a certain percentage of a bar can be open or a restaurant um 25 percent to be exact so, you know, you're just seeing a lot more um, cleaning in between, you know, people at the grocery store when they're checking out or when people are using public restrooms. And to me, I feel like that's something that should have been done all along. I just feel like now we're all under the spotlight and we need to be doing these things um, all the time. Yeah, it's a but good. I don't know. 
John, maybe you can speak more about like the the requirements in a food and beverage plant. Um, you know, I, I'm just speaking from like a marketing perspective and what I what I think should be going on. But you could speak more of the. Well, sure. I I think most manufacturing plants and processes try to maintain a sanitary environment. Um, you know, but there's like 20,000 plus factories in the U.S. And, uh, you know, some of them are on the low end and some of them are on the high end, meaning, you know, they, uh, they're they not spending a lot of money on hygienically designed equipment because it's more expensive. Hmm. Um, so it's it's hard to be, um, uh, and there's a lot of players involved, a lot of OEMs, a lot of system integrators. There's a lot of players involved to construct a uh, processing plant. So uh, they're not always in sync on the requirements needed or what the applications are. So there's a, you see a wide range of, of sanitary measures in place. And uh, um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, so but you, it's always a concern. Yeah. So you, I mean, so in past experience, there's probably a lot of manufacturers out there just kind of complying what they need to get done to make either comply with the FSMA, which we'll get to a little bit later, other sort of regulations and to just for, uh, their benefit, but now you're you're seeing it. It's an important because their actual consumers buying it care about if those manufacturers are actually doing it. Yeah, and I think education really is the key for for everybody involved because, like I said, there's a lot of players. So you may have a, like an OEM that builds the a food processing machine, and he knows how to build his machine uh, for all the sanitary measures that's needed for a food and bev processing a plant, but then maybe a control panel builder will build the electrical uh, control enclosure and maybe they're not so educated on food and bad practices. So we got to make sure all the players in the value chain are educated from the guy building the panel, building the machine, installing the equipment, and then knowing what, you know, food and bad processors should look for and request on, on their machines and when they write their specifications and what they ask for from these machine builders. Yeah, for sure. Now, there's a lot of different types of food and beverage uh, manufacturers out there. It's a big industry, really. So, you know, from what you found from the survey, which sectors of the food and beverage industry does your, you know, does their audience, their customers want to receive communications about um, along with food safety? Yeah. So of the six that we listed to our audience, uh, the top three that people wanted to hear from were grocery stores, farmers, and food and beverage processors or manufacturers. Um, and again, for me, this wasn't a hot topic crossing my mind until a few months ago, but I feel like so many players in this food and beverage industry can use this opportunity to understand how their consumers are feeling and provide them with honest educational information about their food safety practices. And I think, you know, they really have the chance to turn consumer anxiety into a positive brand sentiment. Awesome. So, so with all that, you know, the part of what communication you get from these food and beverages, where your food is coming from. And, and, you know, nowadays information is becoming a big deal. Uh, you need to be tracking mm -hmm. everything that you have in your facility that's somewhat of the requirement of FSMA, especially in the food industry, to know if there's any recalls. You need to know exactly where that stuff has gone. I mean, is that growing? What's the percentage of people uh, that, you know, have an interest in knowing where their food's coming from? Yeah. So, you know, we surveyed a total of 500 people across the U.S. Um, and a, 
you know, 49% of those 500 responded that they are now more interested in where their food is coming from and the safety precautions that manufacturers are using. Um, and then 35% said that their confidence level has dropped since the global pandemic became a re- reality for American consumers back in February. Hmm. You know, so many manufacturers might find this information a bit shocking, but again, I, I mean, I really believe that they can, they can turn these negative attitudes and into positives with, you know, simple communication. So, um, so what can you, what did you find from the survey that some of these manufacturers can do in the food and bev industry uh, to help with that? Yeah. So, you know, consumers are, you know, us, we're generally unaware of uh, the extensive safety and hygiene measures that processing plants already adhere to. Um, so manufacturers can definitely use this opportunity as the public is, is looking for more reassurance to inform and educate them on the protocols that, you know, a manufacturing plan is taking. So, you know, you can easily do this through like email, TV ads, or even like posting a simple video to their website. Um, you know, another suggestion that we make um, would be to partner with a trusted grocery store or manufacturer to expand your reach since um, the majority of our respondents wanted to hear from food processors, such as farmers or grocery stores, um, based solely off the subject of food safety. So that's cool. I mean, those are some things that they could do. I think, I think it's, I think it's cool. And I think this is a reminder to, I mean, not only us, but any manufacturer out there, it's like, you know, the first step is doing it right. Being hygienic, tracking where your food's coming from. I think what a lot of people forget to do is to actually present that if they're doing it and communicating it. And so doing it the right way and even having some of the equipment and software out there that allows them to easily uh, present that information is kind of what I'm hearing here. And I think, I think that's missed on a lot of people and um, there there's, there's ways that um, they could do that. I'm guessing easier. I do have you guys looked into at all on any ways to like help kind of guide them on what to do next? So uh, one of the things yeah. that, oh, go ahead. You wanted to? No, no, go ahead, John. No, well, I wanted, this is one of the things I wanted to add in there. A lot of, one of the terms you hear quite a bit is traceability, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where did the food come from? They could actually trace it back to the manufacturing plants to the actual machine that made the, the food. So we've seen a little bit, a little bit of this happening already with the big major manufacturers, but now we're starting to see an accelerated push for uh, manufacturers that, to install more automation and traceability components. You got to have the right, you know, obviously you got to have the right electrical components and sensors and things to uh, track uh, on the machines when they're made um, and who's using that machine. And then uh, you also have to have the IT infrastructure, uh, infrastructure in place so you could gather that information. Um, if any, so what that does is that helps reduce the, you know, if there's a foodborne illness, it reduces maybe the amount of people that may get sick. So if we could trace it back quickly to where that product came from, then we could help reduce uh, the, the outbreak. Yeah, for sure. A lot of that goes into um, the whole FSMA, right? I'm saying that right. The Food Safety Modernization Act or Manufacturing Correct. Act. 
Right. What, yeah. what is it? Is it the <laughs> Modernization Act? Food I was right. Safety Modernization Act. I was right so the that, first time. Yeah. Because that's what traceability and food safety and all that really uh, comes into uh, a new regulation. I mean, it's not new. It's been around for uh, um, a few years already. Um, but that's what it all goes into, correct? Yeah. 2011, I believe, is when it came out. As like you know, It was more guidelines at that point. wasn't really being enforced up until about five years ago. Or now they started enforcing these things and they were wanted, you know, they wanted companies to take the initiative, right. To start implement some of these new, new rules and regulations. And it all revolves around sanitary measures to reduce the, the amount of foodborne illnesses. They want food manufacturers to be more proactive and not reactive. You know, typically, you know, in the past, someone would get sick and then we, everybody would re- react to that. Now let's be proactive. Let's make sure we we have traceability in place. Where is the food coming from? You know, tracing our raw products all the way out to the door to the finished product, having that traceability, but, uh, documenting the processes, you know, documenting temperatures of things throughout, you know, maintaining the certain parameters within your facility. And then the other uh, big thing is the focus on food processing equipment and the auxiliary equipment that goes along uh, with that processing equipment in the factory. There's more focus on the equipment these days for sanitary measures because there's a lot of a lot of issues that, that have come about. Um, so in, in the electrical enclosure has been one of the things that has been overlooked on the machine for a long time. And so now we're seeing a little more focus on it. And that's why, you know, we like to talk about hygienic design enclosures. We'll get to your guys' equipment here in just a bit, John. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. I just didn't want to get ahead there. <laughs> no, that's good. We'll, we'll definitely yeah. get there for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the survey results and uh, kind of what you're talking about as well, too, it, adopting these sort of um, uh, FSMA policies, the sanitary equipment and information and traceability isn't just a like, I have to comply stuff and blah, blah, blah. It's you know, what the survey shows that their consumers care about that stuff. And also it's not just like, you know, back in the day, you know, I heard stories of like these facilities have to completely shut down if it gets traced back to their facility, but if they can trace it back to a machine and a person in a very specific batch, then they don't need to have as much downtime and shut down as much. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I had a customer, a chicken producer, who actually installed a enclosure, small enclosure on every machine just for a time clock. Hmm. Like a, you know, like, so what would happen is the operator of that machine would come to that machine and he'd swipe his card or his badge on the time clock. So they know who operated that machine, when, what day of the year and all that business in case the bad product got traced back to that machine. Then, you know, then they could identify the person and maybe they need some more training or if something went wrong that day that they could determine the issue quickly. So, so we've all determined this is important, right? And we'll get to the equipment, but like, um, when, when, okay. So when is it important for these customers to look at this stuff, right? Is, uh, is it when they are constructing it? Uh, do they need to review it on a consistent basis? Do they just need to like, you need to drop everything and look at this now. Cause this is important. Well, it's kind of multiple answers there. So if you're building a new facility, 
you should be looking at your plant as a whole and understanding the requirements in each section of your facility. So it's a great question because what we do is we try to uh, construct these hygienic zones. We divide the factory into different areas because it's because at Evertal we understand the food and beverage factory is a unique place. There's different requirements in different parts of the air, of the uh, of the factory. Um, so you may have raw food coming in one side of the building and finished product going out the other side. So like for an example, like I'll use I'll, I'll use uh, one of my favorite foods is cheeseburger. So I'm going to use a cheeseburger example. So imagine the the factory that's making your favorite burger, and in one side you got the meat coming in. Uh, the ground beef is being fed into a machine to make the patties and out comes the patties one end and then goes into a packing machine and palletizing. So you can imagine where the raw food is, the raw burger, you have different requirements, different hygienic requirements than you do have where the palletizing machine is putting the things on the pallet and sending it to the cold storage. So um, the area where you have raw food, you have to be sanitary, you know, high, the high sanitary requirements. Mm -hmm. And then also that equipment in that area is gone through a, a very rigorous sanitation process where they use high pressure water, high temperature water and aggressive cleaning agents. So the equipment goes through a, quite a rigorous, uh, it's a harsh environment for the equipment. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good point. So what, what can, what are you seeing from Rital's point of view of what customers are doing or could do now and those unique hygienic zones um, that can make the biggest difference. Well, what's, uh, yeah, that's, that's great because what, one of the biggest things you need to understand is where to use hygienic design enclosures. You don't need to use them throughout the entire factory. So there's certain areas where you want to use them. And generally, you know, wherever you're trying to maintain a high sanitary environment is where you want to use a hygienic design enclosure. And especially in areas where you have a sanitation process because a hygienic design enclosure uh, it has the sanitary features you need for, uh, you know, cleanliness and food safety, but it also has a high degree of ingress protection, meaning it's going to keep out the water and contaminants during the sanitation process when you're hitting it with a high pressure water and, and, and uh, high temperature water. So that's, uh, that's real important. So understanding that is you make sure you use the right enclosure in the right area. So where I'm processing that hamburger, I want to use hygienic design enclosures. Where I've got a robot that's stacking already packaged burger and sending it to cold storage, I could have a regular enclosure on that one. So I'm, I'm making sure I'm protecting the equipment and maintaining food safety in the area I need to. And I'm also not spending money needlessly where I don't need to. So understanding that balance is real important. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a mixture of infrastructure and information software and how they work right. together. Right. And one of the, like the, one of your earlier questions is like, I, there's a lot of folks involved, like from the engineering company an architectural company that's designing a new plant to, to the OEMs that are building the machines to the system integrators that are helping integrate, you know, the processes all together. There's a lot of players involved. And uh, that's what makes it very complex and uh, you know, understanding where to use what is, is very important for all players involved. Yeah, I read something on, um, I was doing a little bit of research on, on your stuff. And, uh, you know, one thing that came up to, I, I wanted to ask is like, uh, you know, you're mostly doing closures. Where does climate control fit into this? Oh, so we, you know, not only do we have a wide range of, 
enclosures, we also have the climate control products to go along with those enclosures. Uh, when you're using electronic components, especially, you know, automation and, and driving motors and things on the machines, you generate heat, you know, just like any other machine or uh, in any other factory, you have conveyors and, and motors and those motors and conveyors and the drives create heat inside the enclosure. So you got to have ways to remove the heat. So we have a huge, you know, range from exhaust fans to air conditioning units to uh, heat exchangers. We have uh, very cutting edge, leading edge air conditioning units uh, that that are uh, very innovative to save energy. Uh, when a lot of folks, especially in the beverage industry and, and very large food plants, are trying to save energy and be more green, um, and they, they even folks that have they have. Uh, special people dedicated to saving energy in their facilities. This is a great thing to look at our, uh, the Vital Blue E Plus air conditioners that save up to 75% of your energy above some of the competitors. Are there, are there any like sort of misconceptions that, you know, customers are, or these manufacturers in the food and bev industry, are they like, obsessed with something they shouldn't be or are they just not thinking about something that they're missing other than what we saw in the survey of like they're definitely missing like this communication to their their consumers that emily um uh, yeah. stated is is there anything else like any misconceptions that uh that you you think these sort of manufacturers should uh realize yeah so i mean when it comes to the to to the public. I mean, you kind of got to keep it simple, right? I mean, at least that's how it is for me. Um, so if I were to receive a communication from a manufacturer, for example, um, about food safety, um, I would want them to list like, you know, any protocols that their plant may follow, um, describe, you know, simply any investments that they might've made in hygienic equipment or technology and then, you know, explain why they're going to such great lengths to ensure that their plant is safe, you know, not just safe, but also clean, you know, any extra, extra measures that they might be taking, you know. So if I were to receive an email like that in my inbox and open it and read it, that to me would, would reassure me that, you know, where my food is coming from is also hygienically safe. Yeah, and that and that's really from our point of view. Um, not only from you guys, we're tall as a as a supplier of um, equipment and solutions for manufacturing plants, and us as a distributor supplying and kind of bringing you and us and other experts together to provide them um, not only ideas but also the equipment is to help, I guess, do whatever they do better for their end consumer, right? And so this is, I think, this is a good piece of it of how do we how do we help them get the information. How do we inform them of this so that they're aware that, um, how do we make it easier for them to get this information in the most simple ways to their customers, correct? Right, right. And I just want to let everybody know that, you know, this survey white paper is available as a free download. Um, it's not currently on our website yet. It will be, but if they would like it now, they can go to our LinkedIn page um, and just look for, let's see, just look for the post. Um, that has Retall North America Consumer Insight Report. And you can click on that link and it'll, it'll take you to the free download. That's awesome. That's Retall doing good work good out there, getting information. 
half the job is getting the right uh, the right information to pass it along. So really appreciate you ever tall doing that. I think is very good. Um, John, uh, you know, what can, what can these facilities in this food and bev industry, so what can they do now? Um, you know, if a customer comes to you, it's like, I don't know where I'm at on this. Uh, if I have the right equipment, what, what is the, either the simplest thing or like, what's the next two steps that these uh, food and bev manufacturing companies can do? Well, um, one of the things I like to see is, um, more attention paid to the details when writing uh, specifications for the, the machines that they're purchasing and the equipment that they're purchasing. Um, paying more attention to um, the compliances that are needed, you know, whether you need NEMA 4X or IP69, paying more attention to the details of the enclosure. Because um, what, what we see quite a bit is uh, OEMs, they'll, they'll build a beautiful machine with all the right features for sanitary design. And then we see uh, a square enclosure hmm. put on it, right? So it's, it's kind of, sometimes it's forgot about. So what we want to do is see more, more than just, you know, what we see mostly is a NEMA 4X and a slope top and stainless steel requirement. And what I want to see is more details. And I want to, especially for the washdown areas, and the, the machines that you know are going to go through a rigorous washdown process to call out standards like an IP69, which is more, uh, you'll know you should protect it from high pressure, high temperature washdown. And then call out more specifications, you know, about, uh, you know, from the food and bev industry, like how smooth should your stainless steel be? What kind of gasketing materials should you be using, like an FDA approved material, silicone rubber type gasket? Uh, so more more details in the specifications when they're ordering new equipment. So I talk to two different types of customers on any given day, right? I'll talk to the manufacturers and processors. So they need to be aware upfront when they're buying new equipment and purchasing or building new facilities to build this into their specifications, more details for the enclosure. And then if I'm talking to an OEM, um, you know, some of the big uh, high quality OEMs are starting to use hygienic design or they're offer it as an option to their customers. So they need to understand as well, the features and the benefits of hygienic design. And so they could also promote, you know, their equipment as being hygienically designed and promote that to their end customers as well. Awesome. And, and, and yeah, you kind of mentioned, I mean, some of the pushback a little bit is that it's, it's a little bit more expensive. And I would encourage, you know, just like you encourage some of these manufacturers to, to discuss and see and just make sure you do the research up front, be aware up front to see if it's, you know, worth it in the long run that you're going to save more money and be better off uh, by investing in some good hygienic enclosures and, and zone equipment and information and traceability sort of software and equipment <coughs> and everything like that. Um, I think that's a, a good idea from what I heard from our experts today. Um, I think it's a good idea, but what do I know? Um, John and Emily know everything. Um, I really appreciate your time. Any last thoughts before, um, we call it quits today? Um, well, should we put a plug in for the hygienic forum? I was, uh, I wanted to maybe invite everybody to the hygienic forum on uh, the virtual forum on August 6th where we'll be talking a lot more about this. We'll be talking about the hygienic zones, 
uh, and the requirements throughout the food and bath factory. We'll, we'll dive a little bit deeper in the NEMA Forex and IP69 compliances, and we'll, we'll dig a little deeper on what features to look for for enclosures in food and beverage. And then we'll dig a little deeper in the food and beverage industry standards. So I just want to invite everybody to that on August 6th. Um, I think it'll be a great thing to tune into and learn a lot more about uh, what we talked about today. Uh, yes. Thanks for yeah. reminding me about that. Um, so that's our CED Omaha location, putting a focus on a food and beverage forum on August 6th. Uh, you should be able to find information on how to join that on their events page, uh, which you can find on cedomaha.com or uh, nebraska.cedtraining.com. Um, so, and Emily, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, if, if our listeners haven't caught on by now, it's John. John is a very passionate uh, food and beverage uh, visionary. So make sure to tune in, you know, for our webinar because it, it'll we'll have some really good stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. All I wanted to say. Well, awesome. This was uh, a delight uh, today. Uh, I thought it was uh, a very relevant topic. And I think it's super important um, to have, you know, as a food and beverage manufacturer and OEM uh, making equipment for these food and beverage manufacturers, uh, us uh, going out and talking to these manufacturers. I think this is a very important topic. And I thought you guys had a great insight, um, you know, even farther than what uh, Rital specifically does. So really appreciate your time and uh, you can always check out uh, more episodes of this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, searching for Industrial Solutions Network, connect together. Um, We'll be back soon, bringing on smart people to talk to not so smart person, uh, me, and I am your host, as usual, uh, Justin Brunken. I'm with the Industrial Solutions Network. Uh, all the locations uh, that are focused on the industrial market uh, within CED, which I mentioned at the beginning of the show. If you have any interest, need any help with consulting, find an expert, learn about the food and Bev and hygienic zones and what you may need to comply to the uh, FSMA and to get communication out to your customers on all the cool stuff you're doing in your facility talk to one of our solution consultants at one of our locations or reply to a podcast or comment on an episode and we'll get you in touch that's what we're here for so thanks again for joining us and uh we'll have a next episode soon thanks